And I was like, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, every Thursday at 7, <laughs> you know, that's always how we do it. Yeah. All right. Hey, guys. Sorry, we were just having a super hilarious conversation. Welcome to the podcast. This is Couple of Critics Podcast. My name is Michelle. Yeah. Who are you? Sam. And uh, we are a review-style podcast, and we like to share things with each other, and we like to laugh. We like to make each other laugh, and Uh, we like to uh, review typically music, and uh, that's what we're here to do today. We're here to uh, make you feel good, make us feel good, uh, laugh a little bit, Uh you know, talk about things going on in the world. We talk back and forth and we go, hey, this is my real voice. Hey, this is my real voice, too. Sorry, guys. I was just... Jerking your chain the whole time. And I was jerking my weenus. That's what I call my chain. Just kidding, because <laughs> I'm a lady, so I call my chain my clitoris. <laughs> Is that what you solely call it? Only you call it that? You don't actually call your clitoris a clitoris, though. You call, like, no. a labial fold the clitoris? Fle- Fleetwood Mac wrote that song about my clitoris. What? The chain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome to the podcast. That was a little improv tangent from two people who are not schooled in improv at all. Don't fucking undercut me. I did no, an okay I job. No, I thought it was fun. I'm not. I didn't mean that in an undercut. I'm the one who. Uh, I'm saying I got the it people going. Who so thought it sucked? You fuck bring off. Me down. Don't don't bring me down, Sam. Don't bring me down, Sam. <laughs> Which, would you ever take improv class? Yeah, I, I thought about would. it. I think I could benefit so from it, that. So if it reopens, like in Cincinnati, you would go to oh, like. Would, that. By the way, the day before my birthday was five or six years, maybe seven, since you went on stage. When I did stand-up? When you did stand-up the one time. <laughs> the most terrifying time I've ever been on stage in my life. Yeah. And I still think about it to this day. And I get chills up my spine. And I go, I can't believe I did that. And I can't believe I said that. And I don't want to ever do that again. But I really want to do it again. But I don't want to ever do that again. Yeah. So I don't know if I would necessarily <laughs> get on stage. But I would love to take improv. Because I've always been told or kind of considered myself to have somewhat of a quick wit and i think that to just take what i have and hone that well why not to be given a set of skills and explain to you on how to bring it out even more you would blossom they say that it helps you in like everyday conversation and stuff too Mm -hmm. it's not just about like i'm trying to improve and become a star of the stage it's like no i'm just tired of being awkward Mm-hmm. And like can't think of things, and I always have like this mental block when I'm trying to talk. It's like I have teaches a, you how to just get rid of that wall. I have a mental block, and I would like to, if I worked on just knowing where to go with things, I think that I would maybe be more inclined to trying something on stage in the future. But I just have to like I have to find myself and find confidence within it, and just get better, even if I do nothing with it. It would just maybe be something that would be fun for me. You're already doing something that it would help. 
I'm not saying we need any help, but if we both did improv, I think it would help. It would the help podcast. the podcast drastically. <laughs> I think it would. I think you guys All right, might so appreciate it. So now that I've said that, we're doing a GoFundMe to help send Michelle and I to legit improv in Chicago. Ooh, legit improv <laughs> in Chicago, LLC. LLC. Yep. 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 What does that stand for? Limited liable uh, clitorises. Ooh, chains, please. Chains. <laughs> what does LLC stand for? Limited liability company. Didn't I say limited liable? I don't know what you said. I think I did. Cunnilingus. Do you like that word, cunnilingus? Of course. Who would you, doesn't? Would you be all right with it in the moment? Like, a, yeah, oh, usually. The way you're rubbing my shoulders, I'd really like to give you. No, there's no way I would ever <laughs> just no. And I've always been the type of person who I have to be prepared. I've always oh yeah felt like I need. To, I'm not. Well, I'm, peek behind the curtain, but you you don't let it happen if it's not prepared and ready. <laughs> yeah, for my sake and for yours. And I mean, I think that if... And I'm sitting over here like, give me some flavor! Oh my god. And some people are into that. I'm just... Su- I No, I don't want any hint of anything that would ever make you just be like, what? <laughs> uh, plus, I feel like that's disrespectful. <laughs> I don't think that could ever happen. It's like giving you a half-washed dish to eat off of. <laughs> I've eaten off of half-washed dishes plenty of times. Not on this plate. (laughs) No, sir. All right. So we have an album, and it is... Goddamn amalgam. Amalgam. What? Amalgam. Amalgam in the middle? (laughs) Sure. Okay. We listen to an album. This is my week. This is a band that it seems like either... you, You like them or you don't. I said either. I'm an either. Are you, are you an either or an either person? I'm uh, typically an either. Probably an either. I like it. I like saying it Because I say neither as well. I say neither. Neither one. Anyway, so you, you either like them or you don't. We, we listen to the Beatles. And uh, we listen to Abbey Road, which is the 11th studio album. They only did... I didn't know that. They only put out two more albums after this i didn't know they put out that many straight albums i had no idea yes huh i thought they put out like seven studio albums no i I legitimately thought it was like seven it was 13 total jesus in a short but that i mean people were just jamming out shit back in the day especially in the early days a lot of times in those early poppy days a lot of those artists as you're familiar with and like um soul artists and stuff they'd put out like two albums a year yeah regularly so. yeah at least one a year so i think that in, uh, early on that's what was happening in their career that they were just pumping out hits and they're touring all the time i'm mm-hmm. assuming so if you're on yeah. the road all the time you can write if you're around each other all the time anyway so this came out September 26th, 1969. All right. So they were already... Yeah. Exper- I mean, this was after the White Album. This was after Sgt. Pepper's. 
and all that jazz. They've already been experimenting. Uh, Yoko is very well into John's life. Everyone is, uh, you know, so, they're growing up and they're so, starting okay. to move in their own directions. I they're mean, not like super hippy dippy anymore. They are. They're like hippies still, but they're like cleaner hippies. It seems. It's almost like they. We all go through young stages when like something is newer to us with like drinking yeah, or yeah. whatever we do. And you, you go in heavy. And you go in heavier yeah. and you're a little just more like whatever. And then you start to, you know, either mature with it or you mature out of it. Yeah. So I think that they were maturing with it and just maturing in life. Like they were having kids. They were all in committed relationships. Hey man, I still hate... Hey, man, I still hate the establishment, but I've got to get home and take care of the kid. Nice. That wasn't bad, was it? No. Who, who was that, though? I don't know who I was doing. I would probably put it closest to George. George? Is, I, George. Was... I can't do fucking... I can't fucking do... Okay, I'm going to try and do my impression of each beetle right now. All right. Okay. Is who this going to be first? real? Yeah, these are going to be legitimate. Okay. I'm not going to do my Paul McCartney joke. Start with Paul. Paul McCartney? All right, first I am going to do the joke. Ah, Paul McCartney! All right, but now my real one. You have a lot of sass. A whole (laughs) move neck, everything. I haven't done it in a while, so it came bursting out. You had to pump it out with sass. All right, Paul McCartney. (laughs) I said, hey, the George, what are you doing, man? I said, no, George, this is crazy. So okay. close? Okay. I'll tell you at the all end right, who right, I think right, you right, were the closest right. I to. I like that. I like that. Okay. All right. Next, I would like you to do Ringo. I'm not, I'm not going to sign any more records. Please stop sending things. Peace. Okay. All right. All right. Next, I would like you to do <laughs> John Lennon. This is so fun, by the way. Uh, John Lennon, John Lennon. John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, John Lennon's kind of hard, I think. Someone here with Paul. This is Paul McCartney, so I have to. So I have to go to George. <laughs> is that George? No, 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 not George. Sorry. Who was I doing? John. John. John Lennon. Right, because I'm John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have an impre- John Lennon, I guess. I have an impression of John Lennon. Oh, do it. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I knew it was gonna be something crass. I'm, I said uh, hello. I'm John. I'm John Lennon. This is me. I'm John Lennon. I put on some glasses and they're in circles. It was closer than it was before. And who's left? Somebody shot me in the face. And George? And George. <clears throat> hey, man. Hey man, you stole. Hey man, you stole my wife. Stole my girlfriend. Listen, listen up here, Eric Clapton. I'm pissed, but I'm still gonna come to your wedding. I'm Scottish for some reason. <laughs> All right. So, who were you the closest? Personally, to? I think it's got to be between Paul and Ringo. And I think at the end, when I did Paul the second time, it was better. I think you were best on Ringo. Near the end of Ringo, because it's almost like you were figuring it out with the nasal stuff. Stop sending things. 
<laughs> Peace. <or whatever. laughs> Peace. <laughs> All right, that was a tangent. I would almost say that I think that you. I'm Paul I thought your Paul How was you maybe the best, but I, I will. Went, I went there with Linda. Definitely say that you wings. didn't come close with John or <laughs> you. Maybe I don't came know what George Harrison even sounds like. I don't either, but I think you were closer with because he's he was more like hippy dippy. I think, hey, but I don't know. George. I could be. Compl- I don't fucking know. Hey, I'm John Lennon. This is more John Lennon. If not. only there were any recordings Hello. that would give us Ooh. any idea of what he sounded like. <laughs> Shucks. I'm sorry. I went to. All right, I'm so sorry. let's get into this album. We have quite a bit of tracks, but they're not you know a whole. They're not long songs. It's not crazy. Okay, that sounds great. Yes. My wife Linda, she likes to come over. She also likes to die of breast cancer. Oh no, she did. Yeah. Oh, that makes me sad, Paul. You know, the- I died once, and then I went on the cover of this very album we're talking about. Ha ha! Turn it around. Did ya? Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Are you sure I didn't just almost rip the whole audio system out? Yeah, because you physically about turned around, and he yanked it down. All right. So Let's move on. this album, <laughs> Abbey Road, once again came out in 1969. Uh, it was initially it received quite a bit of mixed reviews because some people thought that it was uh, just simple. <sighs> really? They thought that it was, let me see here. Well, the Beatles were simple at first, so it's a return to form, baby. Uh, there are some people who just thought that it was inauthentic and had some like artificial effects on it, but then there are certain songs on here that over time critics have said are some of their best work, and over time some people have considered this one of their best albums, but yeah, they have a lot of albums, so for me, it's definitely... I think it's my favorite. Really? Do you listen to all the albums? Not all of them. You don't listen to like the real early stuff, do you? I don't listen to the real early stuff, but I do listen to like the latter half, I would say. What's the real early stuff? I can't think of an example of real like real early stuff. Like a hard day's night. Okay, I'm back. I'm good. And uh Oh god, I guess that's good enough. Um, what about it's been a hot day? Yeah, that's earlier stuff. Is that the same song? <laughs> Is that what it was? I don't even remember. <laughs> I already forgot I what you were doing. I was trying to make that joke, but maybe I fucked it up. I don't know. But if I got the joke. Or I just have absolutely no short term memory. <laughs> I'm going to say that's part of it. Yeah. So it's definitely potentially <laughs> part of it. So the album that was released before this, Yellow Submarine, came out the same year. Oh, it did? Before mm-hmm. this album, though? Yes. And okay, so they're not too far away from their trippy hippy dippy shit. They're okay. No, they're still. That's what I'm saying. Right. They're just they're coming on the latter end of it. They're still okay. They're growing, growing men. All right. So uh, let's start this Abbey Road album with the B side to the one single off of this album, which is crazy. There's only one official single from this album, which is huh. something. With the B-side of Come Together. So, a lot of people know covers. I'm sure a lot of people have oh, heard yeah. the Aerosmith version. And yeah. well, I'd never heard this song until I listened to this album. 
shut the fuck up. You would be, you would have to lose credibility if that were a true statement. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard a lot of the Beatles. I mean, it's one of those, it's almost like a, it's just like in the world. It's even if you don't seek out music or you're not like big into music, it, the Beatles are just around. It's just around. And it was such a huge fucking thing. Like, my mom and my aunt, they all loved it. So that's how I heard it growing up. I was never into it, but I never hated it. Yeah. It was never like... Ah, sorry. I wouldn't be miserable. Now, I would definitely prefer, like, this era of Beatles, just like you. But I will give you a little hint. This listen uh, of this album... Yeah. ...was a good thing for me and the Beatles. You mean this album in particular? Just making me actually listen to a full Beatles album and not just listen to them as, you know, the radio hits or just... Sometimes, like, I'll listen to songs just on their surface, kind of, and I don't Mm -hmm. listen to, like, the individual instruments. I don't dive into it. Yeah. And that changes when we do this podcast. Yeah. I do that. And a lot of times in classic rock... I'll be like, fuck, this is way better than I ever gave it, gave it credit for. And that pretty much happened with a lot of songs in here. Mm-hmm. I think some songs on here that are duds to me. But. Yeah. I think this song, listening to it, because, you know, diving into each song and listening to it more from a analytical standpoint. I mean, it's yeah, so good. Yeah. That, yeah it- it's so classic. And, and some people want to be like, yeah, they weren't that good or whatever. And it's like... Oh, that's a pretty good baseline. The it whole may be simple, but Paul came up with a pretty good fucking baseline. Paul right was there. a fucking good bassist. I mean, yeah. maybe not the whole time, but he definitely grew. Yeah. And he did things that were interesting. Yeah. Ringo, not necessarily one of the best drummers of all time. That perspective changed for me on this time, too. But he has a very interesting style. And he's, he, just, he's just the backbeat. He's just the backbone. He doesn't want to be flashy, you know? No, but he does do interesting things sometimes. Yeah, like right here where there's no snare. This is just all toms. Like, and you can just hear the rattle of the snare, kind of. Yeah, I never gave enough credit for their actual musicianship. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's one of those things, you know, you know I'm a fucking contrarian. My, uh, I called you a contrarian last week, and you're like, I'm not a contrarian. I know, I'm a contrarian. Of course, I would say no. God, fuck you. <laughs> you're definitely a contrarian. Not always, but yeah. And I try to. It's my always my initial instinct. It's always and everything to just to just go. What's the opposite? Yeah. And then I had to evaluate. Well, it's because it can be a good thing. It makes me think from a different perspective always. I agree. But I have to remember to evaluate, is it the right perspective? Instead of just coming across as a <laughs> yeah, turd. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't remember what the point was. <laughs> then you did grow respect for their musicianship. Oh, yeah. Because I think also, yeah. I never necessarily thought, I did, you know, even though I, I, I am a fan, I thought of their music as maybe being simpler than a lot of bands. I, I agree. I agree. And just thinking like, yeah, it's just Paul McCartney. Like, they're just, you know, like the Beatles were great and they had a lot of great songs, but it was also like the time and because no one else had done it and how they were advertised and put out there. Like, it was a whole machine. And there were pretty white boys that were allowed in the homes. 
it was definitely not by some people. There were whole oh, yeah, like, know, record but, burning yeah. events. Yeah. And I remember I asking my grandparents, oh, I don't know why I did that, but uh, if they ever had like anything by the Beatles, if they were ever interested and they were just like, no, huh. we had some Elvis records. Elvis. But other than that, just country. You know, I hear sometimes they called him the pelvis. I call him a fucking ripoff. What I was going to say earlier is, so my national, since it's shoved in your face is the Beatles is like, the best rock band of all time. The Beatles are the best rock band of all time. Mm-hmm. As a contrarian, you want to go, fuck you. I don't like the Beatles. How does that feel? And Well, and I was someone like that for a long time. Then I was not into the Beatles so much. My mom was a fan. I, I mean, I know my dad likes the Beatles, but it was more of a thing with my mom where I know she like really got into them. And my sister really got into them. And then my mom at one point had a friend who was such a huge fan that she named her son. First and middle name, John Lennon. Ugh. And <laughs> I don't like when people do that. I think that's weird. I mean, if you want to do it, that's fine. I'm saying I would never choose to do that, I guess. What if it was Ringo Starr? <laughs> <laughs> then extra weird. Ringo. Stop. Have you ever seen that video where he's like, stop sending me items? Mm-hmm. I will no longer sign them starting January. <laughs> name some date. Like, wow, dude. So. My opinion is that I enjoy that song. I think it is swell. It looks like, according to this, if it's correct, this is a, it's a Lennon song. He was originally, he wrote a song called Let's Get It Together for Timothy Leary's California campaign against Ronald Reagan. Wait, what? Timothy Leary? Mm Mm-hmm. The Timothy Leary, the Timothy Leary was campaigning against Ronald Reagan. <laughs> okay. And so John Lennon wrote a song, Let's Get It Together, and then it was reworked and to come together. Uh, okay. Um, I did find more respect for that song. Still not one of my favorites. But I appreciate it a lot more than I once did. And it's way better than the Aerosmith version. <laughs> I don't think the Aerosmith version is terrible, but it's... I think it's probably compared to other ones that I've heard, probably the next, like the best cover. Yeah. But I understand whatever, any aversion you could have. So this is Man, the freedom troubles, baby. Not really like you don't have to worry, but my fucking nose is stuffed up. So I'm sitting here mouth breathing. And when I talk in sentences, I get like <laughs> out of breath. <laughs> you do sound very congested. So I apologize to all listeners. Okay, well, we will listen to the actual one single, the A-side, something. Something So this song is one that changed a lot of critics' minds, I guess. This is written by George Harrison. Um, John Lennon, I've read this a few different places, said that he thinks it's... Like, he loved it. He thought it was his favorite album or song on the album and one of his favorite George Harrison songs of all time. John Lennon said that? Mm-hmm. I think this song is simple as hell, but it's also... I think it's a very nice song. Uh, and when I played the guitar, because we were going to do this, but mm-hmm. we never got to do it live, it's not as simple as one would think. 
it, it's, it's it's secretly more chord changes than one would think. But it was it was one of those songs that we would do, or that you would like bring to me, and I'd be like, I don't know, let me learn it and yeah. see if I'm cool with it. And this is one of those songs where it was like, oh yes, we are playing this. <laughs> So it's too fun for me to play. Like, and yeah. now we have to play it. So I uh, grew appreciation for this song out of that. So this like, part this doesn't make me miserable like it should. I love this part. I mean, this is a really good part. This is that uh, Ringo percussion stuff you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Just add like those hi hats in there. Yeah, I think he just he makes interesting choices sometimes. I mean, he definitely had his own style for sure. Yeah, it's like a simple style, but it's a weird like. Mm-hmm. He's just putting hi hats in there for some reason. <laughs> I yeah. like this part. This is George Harrison grooving, right? Mm-hmm. He was like the lead guitar player. He re- yeah. Mostly did John. You know if John ever did? I don't know how much I of a Beatles historian you are. I'm really not, and I I would be more. I would be interested in knowing what happened with guitar stuff because I think when it came down to it. Technically, George Harrison was more proficient. Is that, would that be the word? He, I guess. He yeah. was more skilled. That would work. Proficient, yeah. But I always thought that. I think. I mean, John Lennon wasn't a bad guitar player, but he just... It seems like George is like the lead player. Like He knows how to lay some cool licks down. I think George was mm, thought of as being the most talented. Huh. I think I've heard that. I don't know if that's At least true. by the band. Yeah, I bet you could make the argument Paul's more talented in the long run. I don't know. I don't know. I just I'm just saying by his longevity. As I remember sitting career. around with um, Kirk and Jenny, and she brought. Wow, she loved she, George Harrison. Yeah, she asked me which Beatle was my favorite, or maybe I asked her. But anyway their solo careers because they all went in different directions or did different sounding things. And yeah, she loved George and I like, I like George, but I, I definitely, I said it before and I think I still stick to the fact that I, I think I like John more. I don't like John as a person. Like he was a cock, right? Yeah. For the most part, he wasn't a super good guy. He was like, he was violent he had anger issues. He classic hippie. And he classic <laughs> he classically abandoned his first son and wasn't as open and accepting of him as he was with his second son with the love of his life, Yoko. Is, is Hey Jude about the first son? Yeah, Julian. Okay. Is Julian the one that's jams with uh Les? Mm-hmm. So the one that he ignored is the one we all know? I mean, they both are musicians, I believe. Oh, really? I don't know. Sean. Sean? I think it's Sean. Sean like might someone be... just said John Lennon incorrectly. Sean Lennon. Let me look real quick. God damn it. You always ask me questions and I don't know anything. I know. I'm sorry. We need a guy. <gasps> Let's get Mel as our little research guy. No. What? Mel's not good at stuff. That's the, That makes it better. We can make fun of him together as a true couple, and then we can go savagely make love in the next room because of the passion between okay. us. Okay, so yeah, Julian was, Mel? is older. 
And so he's the first one. Yeah, he's fifty-seven. Julie, Julie, and then Sean looks like the perfect combination of his parents, and he's forty-five. Because Yoko's not uh, Julian's mother, right? Correct. But he looks like John Lennon, right? That's what I remember. Who? Uh, Julian. Sean looks a lot like him. I think Sean almost looks more like him than Julian. Who's the one that does it with Claypool? Because that looks like the fucking Claypool guy. I think it's Sean. Uh, It's the younger one. All right. It's it's Julian Assange. All right. So the the golden (laughs) child is the one that made it to hang out with Les. I get it. Meanwhile, Julian's at home cutting his wrist. I don't know if Julian does music as much. I thought he maybe did, but I feel like Sean kept up with it because both of his parents were musicians. Yeah, Julian traffics in cocaine. That's what I heard. Okay. Let's listen to the next song, which is the first Paul McCartney song, Maxwell Silver Hammer, which I heard and read in what little preparation I did that... Uh, their other band members weren't necessarily a big fan of this song because Paul was getting into like more story type music, like stage shows and things. Okay. Yeah, it does have that feel. It does. So they just kind of thought that it was silly and Paul, pick, pick, Paul pushed for it. But at the same time, it's brutal as hell. It's no sillier than other stuff. Especially if they've already done Yellow Submarine by this point. Come on now, fellas. I think that's where some of the contention was happening between Lennon and McCartney. Because a lot of times the criticism came... It was from Lennon directed at McCartney. Huh. I gotta say... He was kind of an outspoken prick. I can see it. And that just happens in band dynamics. But he also said things like his criticism about Paul and music that he made after the Beatles was that he basically got what he got from working with John. <laughs> this kind of ah, oh, come on, dude. It was kind of egotistical. The Beatles is definitely one of those bands where it's no, it's you four fucking guys. It really is. It wouldn't is. have been what it is if it wasn't you four fucking guys. Everyone sings, everyone plays, everyone writes, everyone's yeah. involved. It's the four lads from Liverpool. Uh, I wanted to say before this song ends, I've heard this song a bunch of times. Not a bunch of times, but you know, a handful. Enough that I recognized it and I could have hummed the melody. Yeah. And what a delight to actually listen to it this time and find out it's about a murderous person named Maxwell. Uh-huh, and he from He's the sound of it specialized silver hammer. He just kills everyone. Like he asks <laughs> He like at first he asks the lady to go out and she agrees and he like shows up to pick her up and instead he just beats her to death with a hammer. Like it <laughs> yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. Murder never does, Michelle. Murder never does. <laughs> and I mean, someone else happens, and I don't remember, but... It kills the fucking judge. Well, that's what's happening now. <laughs> he... oh, I don't remember the whole story. But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul did do... St- I mean, he wrote Helter Skelter. That was a Paul song. I don't know what the lyrics to Helter Skelter are besides... Helter Skelter! Uh, I mean, he screams a lot in it, and it was... 
used by Charles Manson because he really liked the song. Yeah. Which is why they wrote Helter Skelter on things. Yeah, he thought it was like a fucking... Like a message to him or something? I thought it was like a call a alarm for a race war. Uh, yeah, he did. What was I going to say about this Paul McCartney song? I, I thought oh, you were going to start talking about eugenics. My first, no, no thanks. My first inclination on this song, too, I was like, oh man, this should make a, like a death metal version of this song because it's... And then I went, and then I immediately turned around. I was like, "No, no, you shouldn't. That would be the worst, dumbest thing ever. Don't do that." <laughs> Did you look it up to see if it has been done before? No, I didn't want to hear it once. I scolded myself for even thinking of making it. And yes, I did make a death metal Christmas album, but you've also been talking about that for years. Yeah, and that's a parody in a different way. Like, I don't. I, I, there is a mentality of just. Oh, take every song and make it metal. Mm-hmm. And I know, again, I'm saying this is a guy that took Christmas songs and made them metal. <clears throat> That's okay. <laughs> so, I'm a ball of contradiction. <laughs> well, I am going to, because I didn't prepare anything. Okay. But I'm going to see if I can find an interesting version. Oh, this is already... It's at least interesting. Fun. Can you turn it up a little bit? Doesn't seem this band has the same mastering prowess that the Beatles do. Maul hält in seinem Zimmer in LA ein Luftgewehr in seiner Okay. Seine Freundin ruft gerade die If something awful is being said, we do not support it. <laughs> yeah, sorry if that's something really bad. And guaranteed someone was being pooped on during that. This is just a man. <laughs> Probably, or at least being stretched open. Oh, yeah. What is that one thing Gaped. that they call? Um, Gape. No, it's a kind of porn that they used to do back in the day. It's like where they torture. It's torture porn, but wasn't there an actual name for it? You mean like a, a snuff film? Snuff film, that's yeah, they what gotta I mean. You gotta kill them, though. You gotta kill the person. Yeah. I mean, there's torture involved, too, but. Bang, bang, Maxwell, Silver Hammer. Yeah. Right, the, the, the movie 8mm or 16mm? Which one was it? I think eight it was 8mm. I was about snuff films. Fucking wild, man. There's gotta be real ones, right? Snuff films? Absolutely. Let's Just making sure you agree. It's like aliens. You gotta. There's guaranteed aliens somewhere out in the universe, and there's guaranteed real snuff films. Guaranteed, of course there that's are. That's horrible. Of course, that's, that's terrible. I know I'm joking about it, but that is horrible. Okay, sorry. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next song. Is another <laughs> Paul McCartney track, "Oh Darling." So you sing it too? Oh, darling. Yes. See, I would have guessed that was John Lennon. Me. That's the. I mean, Paul does have a really powerful voice. Yeah, I like it when Paul does all those like. I do too. I'm a fan of his. More screamy, scratchy voice. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> hey, I mean, there's a reason why people are so liked. You don't have to like him as much. You don't have to like him in the same way. But there's a reason why. I, I like that. You don't have to like him in the same way. But yeah, they're fine. <laughs> it, and I don't think it's. And I, I mean, this contradicts what I said recently to you off the podcast, which is having a conversation with my dad and we were I mean I was being a dick about Madonna 
and he was saying I was saying that she's not talented and he was saying that she is and she sold a ton of her millions of albums which is a clear indicator that she's talented and I said not necessarily because she's pushed out there by record companies and like <laughs> yeah. they want you to like her yeah. it's like an image sort of, I mean I didn't go as in detail as far as like it being an image but talent. yeah but kind of contradictory to that I don't think I, I understand you can think that the Beatles suck but I I personally don't understand how if you like music how there isn't at least a song in the 13 studio albums that you can't be like yeah that song's not bad yeah because it's all over the place they're not shitty you yeah. might not think it's cool because you like more progressive music because you were born way after this was popular but there's a reason why so many musicians consider the Beatles inspirations agreed and I I fought it for a long time because I was more familiar I think the stuff that my mom played was more of the doo-woppy not doo-woppy but you know, like the stuff that she liked when she was younger the stuff that got her attention I don't think she was into the latter years quite so much because that's just not really her style yeah. once they start smoking pot man and that's always been I've always gravitated towards music from that era yeah, and yeah. that sort of you know psychedelic rock and roll anything with that like grainy color aesthetic <laughs> uh, I will say this I'm not a huge doo-wop fan so that part of this song I can't I don't really I'm not on board like when they're like I don't, I've never liked doo-wop in that way but yeah. I do think Paul's voice is fucking killer on this song. I I like this song quite a lot. Yeah. I just can't stand like the 50s drive-ins. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ex- uh, expand on your you were saying like it contradicts uh you know the whole Madonna, you know, sales sales thing. equating talent or whatever. I I th- I look at it this way. Uh, it meant sales uh, can potentially mean I mean talent. It, it can. It's a good sign, and you should probably check it out. But don't think it's good just because it sold a lot. Like, be objective about it. Well, and it's not just think it's good. It's just that so many people like it that I'm in the minority. Yeah, like it's technically good because so many more people like it versus people who don't. But yeah. I don't think I don't know if that's fair because a lot of people like Kesha and a lot of people are into like Chris Brown and shit. Yeah. And mumble rap. Yeah. And Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly and whatever yeah. the fuck that's, you know, stuff that you detest. Stuff that to <laughs> me is just no good. But it all has an audience, so what am I gonna do? It's like uh, that. There's a scene in Airheads where he's like, "Man, how do you never play this stuff?" And he just says, "Uh, well, if it's so good, how come it's not on the charts?" And he's like, "It's not on the charts because you never play it." I'm probably butchering the quote, but, but that's, that's how I've always felt about music. Like, well, it's the exact thing that's or happening. popular music. It's like, yeah, because you never fucking play it. Like, you never give anybody a shot. If you play it six times an hour, it's probably going to be a hit almost no matter what it is. 
there's a song by the band Wilco, and they talk about how it, it's a song. It's a song that's like an ode to. You listen to Wilco? Uh, I did kind of more in my college days a I little bit. That. I enjoy that, some Wilco. That adds some uh, indie mystique to you, my dear. Does it? Wilco? That's, yeah, Wilco. That's man. one of the more. That's like listening name to Radiohead, dude. And I like some Radiohead. You know, miserable for me, but like, looks good on a college nerd girl. <laughs> and that's you in this case. <laughs> Going back to what I was saying, you're lucky I didn't forget. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Is that there is a song by Wilco where they talk about how the greatest song, the greatest band, whatever, you'll never hear it. Most likely because it won't, you won't ever play on the radio. Yep, I agree. Agreed. We all know the greatest song that nobody's heard on the radio is Supper's Ready by Genesis. Yes. All right, let's move on to the next song. And never should it be. (laughs) Let's move on to the the Ringo star of the album, Octopus. Thank you. Octopus's Garden, which is a terrible octopus's. Yeah. Octopies. This, did, did Ringo write this song? I'd like to be. I, I know if I, I know you said it, it's a Ringo sung song, but it feels like they. Yes. A Ringo song is like they just throw him a bone and they're like, "Yes, you're in the band. Here, do a song, whatever." It says here, and I'm basing this off of Wikipedia. So if this is incorrect information. Go fix it on Wikipedia, you buttholes. I, well, I'm talking to you too, Sam. Like, I'm not responsible for what I'm telling you. How are you talking to you too? Are you talking to Bono or The Edge? So, according to this, Starr received a full songwriting credit and composed most of the lyrics, although the song's melodic structure was partly written in the studio by George. George, I would guess Paul, because it has that theatrical sound that you were mentioning earlier. Oh, they definitely have a flair for uh, multi-tracking things in, a little like little instruments or little background vocals, uh-huh. or just little words every once in a while. Which is in that day, you know, everything's on tape, so yeah. they're really making a fucking decision on that one. They're like, no, we need to put a wax paper comb instrument in there. It is interesting because there have been so many releases over the years is that they do have a lot of cuts available even on YouTube that they that have been collected and put on special editions and things that they you can hear like the 8th take the ninth take oh really of, like yeah oh i thought you just meant like different edits of whatever track existed already no actual ah. Yeah, because I know that some when there were 25th anniversary reissues on some of Michael Jackson's albums. Yeah, I don't. Maybe it was it was his it was some anniversary thing for him or whatever that all of his albums were re-released. So it was some anniversary of something, not for each album. One it had stuff at the end, and it had yeah, it had like demo versions and stuff that was in the studio and interviews and things. Yeah, also on it had Michael on there like doing the beatbox stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like figured out how the beat's gonna go the Mm -hmm. song, which was pretty cool. They did that with Zappa too on the, like uh, the re-release of Hot Rats recently. They put like 
six versions of Peaches and Regalia, but it was like six different takes, which is really fucking cool. Would that have been just an album within itself? Peaches and Regalia isn't... I mean, it's not long, but it's not a short song. It's it like a like, seven-minute long song. I'm not going to say uh, how long it is exactly, but I think it was like two or three discs. Just hot rats for... Really. It was like a special edition I, release. I, okay, but I'm saying versions of Peaches and Regalia. Regalia? regalia. <laughs> yeah, that alone. Yeah, that's an album's worth. Just this. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next song, which is I Want You, She's So Heavy. This is a Lennon song written about his relationship with Yoko Ono. Yoko Ono? Yas. He wrote this about Yoko. Which is gross to put that uh, into I perspective. I, I think that too because I didn't I really know that. I really enjoy this song. That put a fucking... I like this song a lot too. <laughs> the song Grooves. We did... So I will say that Zach hung out, which as he does sometimes. Yeah, Zach's like our new best friend. And he had us watch because he listened to this album and he likes a lot of artists who enjoy the Beatles, of course. And it was Umphreys who did a cover that he had us watch and yes. listen to. And of it course was, it was. And it was very good. It was yeah. very clean. Really good. But yeah, this song is very interesting. I love the bass lines. Yeah, yeah. I like the time changes. I don't know if it's technically time changes, but at least, uh, you know. The feel changes is what I would call They might be tempo mood changes. changes. Mood changes. Yeah, I like that. I'd say tempo more yeah. than... It was fucking... And I like the, uh, the Zappo-like uh, guitar along with mm-hmm. the vocals. Yeah. You know, just playing the exact... That... I love when people do that, and I don't ever remember it until I hear somebody do it again, and I'm like, that makes a vocal line pop so much. And it gives it so much soul added in there. It's definitely very bluesy. Yeah. And that, that bass line, like you oh, said, that's killer. an example of Paul, like, you can't say he sucks. Mm-hmm. He may not be, like, technically amazing. He's not doing, like, 16 notes and shit, but... He doesn't have to. You don't have to to make it be good. You can just go, bum, 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 and you're like, fuck, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> and that rules. I love that. She's so heavy. I do too. But I can't hear that without thinking of Randy from Randy's doing, he's not heavy. He's, he's my, my brother. brother. He's my mother. <laughs> he's my mother. Is that, that's what you were saying. I am from now on. <laughs> and then this is super grooving. Yeah. It sounds like the doors to me. It Yeah, it does. That roadhouse blues mm-hmm. kind of sound. I agree. Jim Morrison's going to come in drunk on whiskey all of a sudden with his stinky leather pants. He's going to be like, ew. <laughs> uh, by the way, it was called the Hot Rats Sessions that came out on the 50th anniversary of the Hot Rats album. 67 tracks. Wow. <laughs> so, three or four discs. I don't know how many discs. I just went to the, uh, you know, digital copy. Now ask me if I listened to that. All 67. Did you? No. <laughs> no. I listened to maybe three and I was like, okay, I'm good. 
so one thing that's interesting, where are we at in the actual song time? Uh, so we, we still have some time. We're about halfway through it, maybe. But there is a synthesizer, I guess, that is used. Okay. Later in the song, it's a Moog synthesizer that has the, course, the white classic. noise effect. It has like almost like a wind sound. Okay. It's like a bossa nova right here. here we I go. love the different styles. The song is fucking interesting to me. Yeah, I think me it's too. very good. Um, but I guess that it went on for a while and it stops very abruptly. And I guess that that was John's decision on the final edit. That he was just like, I want to cut it right there. So it, like, because I do think, especially if you're listening with headphones, the end of this song, it, it almost, it puts like a mood in you almost, or like it definitely how music can affect how you feel. Yeah. There's definitely something that they do on purpose where this song ends with this really like heavy feeling, this muddy thickness. And then it's just cuts. It's just yeah. interesting. This is a song that you can... It's like it, it, uh, it puts you in its own world. But mm-hmm. you can zone out to this song quite easily. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it can be so... Heavy! <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of the song does just become or i mean it's pretty repetitive if you think about it if you're not into it you break it down but it's still it's still very interesting to me i enjoy it very much just listening now i want to hear that end well we still have two minutes oh what okay never mind (laughs) i'm listening to ringo Just jangle jangling. He almost kind of sounded, I don't want to say like a careless hitter. A loose hitter. Okay, a loose hitter. That makes sense. He's kind of behind the beat. He's still on time, but he's kind of behind the beat. Yeah, there's, like I said, there's something about his style that's harder for me to put into words because I'm not an actual musician. It's almost almost sloppy. It, it compares to, uh, in my mind at least, uh, it compares to uh, the guitar playing of. Uh, God damn, I want to think of his name because it's a crime not to think of it. Jimmy Page. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's that. It sounds good. You love it, but technically, it sounds sloppy. There's a lot of like extra hit notes and strings in there, and a lot of mess. Jimmy Page is, <clears throat> but you love it. Sloppy, <laughs> yeah. Especially a figure. I mean, I've heard it, and then actually growing up and really listening to music on my own, and you know, listening to things in music, and actually <clears throat> picking up people's styles. Yeah, he was not a very clean, and that was something that you can say about Frank as well. Yeah, I would agree. He was also sometimes sloppy, but he still did what he needed to do. And that was the that's and that's part of the appeal to me. And uh, I remember one time, nowadays guys will get like a, you know, sweatbands that like you put on your hand, your wrists. Yeah. They'll put that on top of their guitars, like right above where the strings are on top. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have an extra ring out. Or when you're doing like fast playing, it doesn't ring out more. And I remember talking about that with Adam one time. And he was like, I 
read an interview one time where Jimmy Page said he likes all that extra noise. And ever since he said that, I was like, you know what? I do too. You can really and hear I the noise. Never use that shit. Like I never yeah. put the ri- the. Hair- Some people use like a hair tie. They actually make bands for it now. Companies figure it out. All right, I want to get an idea. So, all right, let's just hear it. I'm gonna let it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's wild. And then I'm going to let it play into Here Comes the Sun because, again, I think that that is a very purposeful juxtaposition. I agree. You have the, what I would say, the heaviest part of the entire album, which is with all that just yeah, yeah. noise and what it's, ever, what it's building up in you and this just like darkness almost. And then sharp cut, done. And then the, I don't know, easiest going, <laughs> ni- most inviting, simple... Jethro Tall guitar tone song time. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a very pretty song written by George Harrison, I guess, according to this. Man, George writes way wussier songs than I thought. But he writes the songs that are the timeless classics. While My Guitar Gently Weeps, things uh, like I that. I love that fucking song. He writes the classic jam Noodly tunes. The um, floaty tunes. But according to this, he wrote this in Eric Clapton's garden. While Eric Clapton was fucking his wife? Probably. <laughs> but this sounds... I mean, this this sounds like a song that someone would write in a garden. It does sound like a garden song. Look at the cucumber. I'm gonna write about cucumbers. And I, I'm surprised that this was never a single. Yeah. All right. Like it, so maybe th- well, you said something earlier. The, the, you said people thought that this might have been too easy when it came out. This song might have led to that. This is too easy. They're like pandering mm-hmm. almost. Because I could see that viewpoint being taken on this song. Well, and if you ask me, compared to something, which is the other very... Or another, I should say, very George-driven song. If he wrote it, yeah. something in my book is way better than "Here Comes the Sun." I can't remember what something. Something is. in the way she moves. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's way better. Yeah, yeah. You're asking me when my love grows. Yeah, that's a way better song. Way better. Now let me learn this song on guitar, and I might give a different opinion. Well, and I think that it would be interesting to play, but it still is just, it's a lighthearted song. It's something that normally wouldn't appeal to you in any yeah. fashion. But There's yeah. no, like, there's no, like, artistic vibe to this song at all to me. The other songs, like, My Guitar Whoa. Gently Weeps. Something I've never even listened to. I'm gonna go back just a little bit. Listen okay. to this almost theremin sound in the background. I've never noticed it. Alright. I've never. It's almost like a whistly sound in the background. Yeah, I've never and noticed it that before. Into like almost an organy sound. So that's the thing. If you listen, you can hear weird I can, stuff. I just hear organ all the time now. Yeah, it's like a whistly organ sound. I've never even noticed it until just now. Isn't it interesting though that there are things like that that are put into songs that you may not notice. But it's obviously an integral part to the song. It just yeah. never stuck out to you. And if it wasn't there... It, w- it would sound different. Yeah. 
It's wild. It's definitely weird how that works. <laughs> so I'm going to play one more song. Alrighty. Because there is what is this album is known for having a medley of which, a, uh, was, which was news to me just minutes before this podcast. <laughs> that's shocking. I personally love the medley. The medley is a big part of why I love this album. Okay, I'm excited to hear it as a medley now. I was just listening to individual songs. So, but before we get to that, we're going to listen to one song and we're going to take a break. This is a Lennon song, which I've heard this before, but I'm reading this from Wikipedia that... Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> Yoko was playing Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven, which is a wonderful song. I'm a big fan of Moonlight Sonata. I know I know what that is, but can you do it with your mouth? You want me to blow Moonlight Sonata? No, that's Rachmaninoff. <laughs> this is... Let me go in a little bit. God damn it, that wasn't a good... the part, isn't it? Moonlight... Let's look at that moonlight. Yeah, it's a classic song, Moonlight Sonata, but I guess Yoko was murder song playing it, and John liked it, so he asked her to start playing it backward. Like, he heard something in it, so he asked her to play it backward, and it... Uh, I don't I don't know if it inspired him or if it actually is. I think it may actually be the med- medley or not medley, but the melody of Moonlight Sonata backwards. Well, knowing this, I'm going to listen. And I think you'll probably hear it. Here's because. Yeah, I already get the feeling from it. He probably didn't completely rip it off. No, definitely inspired definitely, by. Definitely, yeah. That's like a harpsichord sound. Probably achieved by that Moog synthesizer. The Moog was a big fucking deal, Michelle. It does say that Harrison played the Moog synthesizer. And George Martin played the harpsichord. So that was a harpsichord. So I nailed it. I don't think this is necessarily a strong song. I don't either. But I think of this as also just being a classic Beatles song, and I don't know why. I I don't know if it was used in those... Because after Zach told us or reminded me that there was that Beatles Cirque du Soleil love show... I don't know if there was an advertisement for it or something that included this song, but there's something about this song that I feel like popped out. Yeah. So I've always thought of this song as being, like, not a popular song, but, you know, like a well-known song. I can definitely see this as a Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, I think this was the, the love. I think this may have been their... I mean, Zach will probably tell us. Please do. Please don't. Jeez, Sam. (laughs) I feel like this had an integral part in the love show. You know what I think of when I hear this song? 
since love is all of us knew what all you need is love that if i was tripping and you played this song it'd be miserable i'd be like stop this so far this from makes me go down a hole where clocks are melting i don't enjoy this well <laughs> specifically that story where the last time we were actually like tripping you were listening to rock. You were listening to Hendrix. Hendrix, baby! And I went and listened to the Beatles because it felt Was right. Was it this album? No. No, I listened to Sgt. Pepper. Yeah, this song gets on my nerves. <laughs> that makes sense. And now that I know he just ripped off fucking Klaus Kinski. Klaus Kinski? (laughs) We're going to take a break and we're going to try and give Klaus Kinski his due. It's Beethoven. All right. Now that I know he ripped off Beethoven to make a fucking snooze song. We're going to take a break. It's even worse. We'll be back. Sam, you can gather your anger. I'm going to go kill John Lennon again. It was just his death anniversary. I did it the first time. Hey, you! Stop what you're doing right now! Are you tired of your grandma's Christmas music? Of course you are! This holiday season, give the only Christmas album that matters! Death Metal Christmas! You'll get seven brutal tracks like... Rudolph the Red Nose Alcoholic Reindeer! Jingle Bells! Merry Christmas Slaughter! Twelve Days of Death Metal Christmas! Samuelpo.bandcamp.com to order today. Hate it. This is Michael Jackson. I'm just kidding. Michael Jackson did do a cover, <laughs> but this is not Michael Jackson. I've well, never me, heard this. Don't, don't, is it a band that sounds like they're known? Yeah. Okay, yeah. let me guess. Hold on, let it play. Hold on. I was turning it to make sure you didn't see it. Is Alice Cooper? No. Okay. This is like a 90s, early 2000s band. I'm, I'm embarrassed I said Alice Cooper. I have no fucking clue who this is. I'm going to skip ahead and get up. Okay, I've had enough of this. That was Godsmack. Oh, man, I would have never guessed that. No. I don't know why I said Alice Cooper. I really don't either. production sound to it. Yeah. I know the Michael Jackson and the Aerosmith covers pretty well. Other than that, I know there are a ton out there. But But you didn't find a Maxwell Silver Hammer metal version? I tried earlier. Oh, that's right. We did a whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, it was not successful. (laughs) 
So welcome back to the podcast. We are reviewing Abbey Road by the Beatles. Yes. And what a good time it is. And I'm excited because is it it time? It is time. We are going to get into the medley. I will go ahead and out myself that because you didn't know there was a medley. I thought the medley technically started with the next song. I didn't realize it starts with you never give me your money, uh, but it apparently does. So I am going to play that and start this medley, which is more like pieces of songs. It's more like fragments because they are songs, but they're not all like long, full song length. This one is full length. This is a four minute song. So I guess that's why I never considered it part of the medley. Um, excuse me if you've already said this. Is there a name for this medley? No. It's not... It doesn't have a specific name. And if you see people do it, it's just song, slash, song, slash, song, slash. Oh, okay. So it's not like if you look called it up anything. on YouTube or something like that. It will just be every song listed. Oh, okay. Because huh. according to this... This is its 16-minute medley. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But I am going to play this whole thing because each song does fade into the next. Now, that's... uh, That's Ringo. I was going to say, that's Ringo, right? Yeah, he doesn't get a whole song, but he does have this part. Yeah, they give him the goofy part. (laughs) I mean, I think it's just his voice. Yeah, his voice lends to Goofy, doesn't it? Compared to the others, for sure. Yeah. And he does have, like, a nasal aspect yeah. to his sound. He sounds like me talking right now with my nose all congested. Only his is just large nose size? I guess. Or just small sinus cavity? Maybe. Maybe he's got a huge, like, nose, but the, si- the cavities themselves are small. <laughs> Like, we don't know her Herman Munster's nostrils were humongous, but we don't know what the actual cavities inside the skull were like. Yeah. What if I got the vid? I'm sleepy. My nose is congested. Oh, I thought you were talking about some, like... Okay. Video? Short for video? <laughs> no. Like, some, like... Venereal something disease or whatever. Like oh. The vid. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Okay, so I, I guess that this medley was um, kind of McCartney's idea. Oh, yeah. I like this part. Me too. This is Paul. I like this part a lot. Yeah. And then it goes, it, it does like a minor section there and then it kicks back in and then it's like back to this minor sound again that's still Paul right there right I'm not sure where is it I mean that sounds like Paul here we get some George Harrison oh this part I liked that part I'm kind of surprised that you do I don't know why, dude. I can't explain it to you, but I just thought it was like... It's it was weird enough 
It's almost the idea of something being like creepy and demented, and you hear just yeah. this like weird like <laughs> school children thing repeated it's, over and over again. It's like, like the Asian school children that sang to you in the bathtub. That was terrifying. Okay, so the song is fading out again. I never realized that. I always thought that Sun King officially started everything. I know Sun King officially started my night when I was partying, man. Okay, so here. I want to hear the transition. Okay. I guess they're connected. I I just thought that that was... They just let that cricket sound go the whole time. See, and that's why I thought that Sun King started, started the medley, because I didn't realize that they considered that to be connected. But fair enough, I guess. The whole time we were listening to that, mm-hmm. I was watching a major fight between Kit Kat, the three-legged cat, and Paul Lind, the four-legged cat. <laughs> the three-legged cat always wins. Yeah, it's crazy. This fucking He's got body charge that's the other cat into the ground. This part's, this part's Sleepy Joe City. Yeah, this... I don't think that this is necessarily a strong song, but I just like that in my head it started the medley, <laughs> and I I like it the most after, like, it, for me, it really kicks in with me and Mr. Mustard. Before they sang, it gave me a, like, desert mm-hmm. cactus feel. And Sun King, it, yeah, it, I do have that same vibe. What are you looking out at the window? They just turned like all of their lights off. They had the Christmas tree and everything on. So all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I just saw everything go black. <laughs> so it kind of jolted me. Across the street who haven't parked their big dumb black truck <laughs> over on our side of the street. And it's great. So this was a linen song. I don't really understand the point of it other than it just being odd that part tripped me out the first time I heard it because you didn't expect it I didn't expect it and you know I'm not good with vocals anyway mm-hmm. so I had to be like am I just hearing a jumble because I can't pick <laughs> up on things or is he actually speaking a different language I can't remember what it is. I can't. I don't. They do throw English words in there. Oh, here we go. Yeah, this is. I love this song. This song sound is like. I just see like a British constable chasing them. Well, it says here <laughs> that Lennon wrote this during a trip to India. Really. So it definitely does have a different to to sound India. to it. Such a mean old a man. man. Yeah, I like this song very much, even though it's only just over a minute. But I've always been a fan. I don't know why. I just love this medley. And I really like Mean Mr. Mustard, even though it seems like such a simple song. It has a simple sound. I don't know why, but I just really like it. 
It's All back to basic. Give us some fucking been. drums and some guitars, some rock and roll piano. And I just, I like the transitions from song to song. I definitely, the whole time in my head, all I can see is... Polythene Pam's coming. Is, is the band, like, getting in and out of cars while a British policeman chases them, and they're like... Like in the Help movie that they made. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would, yeah, that's the kind of scene I would see. She's so, so good looking. Yeah, this is another linen song. She's so good looking, but she looks like a man. I might have just thought this whole medley was one just long song. I didn't realize I was listening to individual. Nah, each one is like a minute and something. She's the kind of a girl that makes a use of a failure. She could say she was exceptionally built. Ah, I could, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's John singing again, right? Yes. And get some. John Lennon's got like a librarian sound to him. That's how I'm picking up his tone. That's an interesting way to <laughs> describe it. <laughs> Might be these circle glasses that I'm imposing onto his voice as well. But it's possible. I'm, I'm literally seeing circle glasses when he sings. <laughs> and then next, a song that I also like very much. Yeah. Is a McCartney song. I love this build up to it. She came in through the bathroom window. Was this was this kind of a cop out too? Where they're, they're like, look, you know how we got like five songs with some pretty solid like verse sound and stuff, but we can never, never finish it. Let's just cut them off there. I mean, I'm sure they just had ideas, <laughs> but didn't really know how to couldn't turn them into full songs. So, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, here's how we cheat. According <laughs> to the... That's not cheating. Oh, yeah, it is. According to this, McCartney wrote this after a fan entered his house through his bathroom window. Wow. So it's an actual, it's not just some who'd like... Say, who'd you say it was? Whose house? McCartney. McCartney. <laughs> I like this part. Oh, you're coming in through my window. Who was wiping me bum? <laughs> he was taking a big fucking shit. And some girl plopped in through the window. <laughs> it probably wasn't that simple because he's probably <laughs> next to the window. So I don't think it happened. I think she ended up in his house by coming in through the bathroom window. Yeah, while he was taking the shit. <laughs> no. Because he would have just pushed her right out the window. No, he was finishing a turn. He was like, oh no, I can't get up. I'm trying to finish this turn. <laughs> She's running funny. around. It's funny how you're always on my ass for yes anding, but then to me, you're always like, no, no, no. Because you're not yes anding. <laughs> Because I'm saying Yes and Sam <laughs> Oh okay I just have to go along with whatever you say yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha Alright and Golden Slumbers Is next Which Great, I thought I probably thought that was all one song I previous thought, And then this was a new song And I, I would have thought that it personally ended with She came in through the bathroom window I thought that it was just another set of songs that also kind of floated together like it had that chunk and then there's another chunk of three songs but they're considering it all the chunk of smaller fragments I suppose 
since all of these fall into the one to two minute song length range. I'm not a big fan of this song. I don't hate it, but I'm not a big fan. Yeah, it's not on the top of my list either. Do not cry. And I will sing a lullaby. Is that John? That one was that's I tell you, Paul. I can't do it. To get back homeward. So this is based off of a 17th century poem by Thomas Decker. Golden Slumbers. I don't know if I said the title. I did watch a band in somewhere. They were clearly English. But they performed this it was one of the compilations that i was able i think it was the whole thing and it was really good it was just guys i don't think at least i didn't know who any of them were but it was just a group of old guys who clearly like grew up on this shit and have been musicians for a while themselves and they played it stunningly all the horns just had like a full stage of artists and it was very nice it was very good I think there's a lot of those types of Beatles shows where it was so big for so many people that there was like so many tribute things to it. I think it was just a performance of the the medley, but yeah. Yeah, but it's still a tribute to it. Like I'm not saying a tribute band, but a, a tribute performance. Yeah. I think there's so many of them that you have so much room to have so like so many good ones. And uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about people doing covers and stuff and they were saying that like uh Beatles songs oh, and here's Carry That Way this is another song Beatles songs may be so good that like they're kind of hard to do bad you know no matter what you do like they might be written well enough that it's hard to fuck up I'm not saying you can't but and here is supposedly the end of the medley. Here is the end. And I enjoy the end quite a bit personally. A- any comment on what I said? Do <laughs> you agree at all? I was talking about the music, Sam. I'm sorry. Say what you said again. I don't remember now. Oh, that music could be good enough. Oh, yeah, that, like, yeah, yeah. That it can't really be done bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It was so clean. I don't know if I can agree with that. I'm I mean, you were just that asking general me. General performance, I'm saying. Yeah, I don't general. know that I can agree with that. Right. I think I could easily Bam. fuck anything up, Bam. even Bam. if it's simple. This is like the grooviest riff on the whole album. Like the funkiest. I thought you were being sarcastic right now. No, it's literally like the funkiest riff on the whole album. Like the most general rock and roll. Well, there's also getting ready to be a very classic rock and roll quote coming up here when the music kind of comes down. So I just wanted to say something before that happens. Get that bitch Leatherface. Pretty famous quote. 
I mean, Chris Farley even mentioned it to Paul McCartney on his show on Saturday Night Live. Butter or too f- too flowy for you. Oh yeah. Too blase. Oh yeah. This is this is Genesis route. I'm not a big fan of the end of it, but I like <laughs> when it it's kind of the big. It is a good energy into the end of it. It is a good ender, and that is the. Uh, it's like a tree topper. That is all of that. Hold on. And then there is one other song. Technically, it's 27 seconds long, but you get a chunk of silence for Her Majesty to then come in. But Paul wanted to do it. He wanted to put some flowers at the end. <laughs> I like the weird note at the end, but uh-huh. I've never understood why they felt like that needed to be at the end either. I don't understand it. And if if uh, John was there yelling at Paul about how he doesn't want that shit song on the album, I would have agreed. I would have been like, hey, Johnny's right on this one. We call him Johnny. We're friends. It's And I'm not... I don't know. I mean, it just seems like there was a lot of... With George seemed like he was willing to contribute and work with anybody. And Rio was just kind of like, sure, whatever, man. But it seemed like there was a lot of, I want to be the best. I want to be the one in charge. I want to be the one steering the ship between Lennon and McCartney. Like, it makes sense with how they, which I would say with how talented they were, because Paul's not writing hits like this anymore. Um, that there would be that, you know, natural ego that's building up. You're so many albums in. You've been doing it for a while. You've had plenty of experience. You've not stopped playing, been on TV, been on the road, gone around the fucking world. And by now, you each have your own team and, and, of, like, people who work for you specifically. And they're going, you know, you're the brains. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. not just that, but, like, you know, yeah, that's a good idea. Like your all your ideas are great. Yeah, you should yeah. be able to do all the things that you want because you're so great. Yeah, but you that's, know what? I am great. So it only made sense. It shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone when people think that there was some like big huge falling out with the Beatles. I don't think that there was some big huge event like everyone thinks. Like it was fighting between the women, and that's what broke them up. I think it was many different things over time. Oh yeah, band and it's that just long, band that successful. It's just two people with big egos and big fucking ideas, yeah, and perfectionists and workhorses in their own way and wanting things done their way. It just only made sense that they were eventually going yeah. to go in their own directions. I think. Listen up, listen up, John. I'm tired of this bullshit. I'm going on my way. People say I'm great, which means I can now say my true voice. Here we go. I'm Paul McCartney. I'm in the Beatles. So we are done with the album. We are officially to the part of the podcast where it's time to go over some questions. 
Belly Button's got some questions for you. Belly Button's got some lint for you, too. Belly Button's got some questions for you, and Belly Button has a lot of lint, too. That was my favorite one of all time, just me smacking on my belly button. <laughs> so why did I choose this? This has been a locked and loaded album for a while. I thought this would be... I definitely have... And they're not put in different categories, but I would say that I have a stash loaded of things that are going to be easier goes and things that are going to be tougher. This is definitely in the easier category. Um, This is a favorite album for me in general. Like I said, it's probably my favorite Beatles album. I wasn't into the Beatles for a long time. It took until I was an adult until I finally started appreciating them and learning to love them. Uh, so I felt that there would probably be some people also who listen to the podcast who are like, fuck the Beatles. Fuck yeah. that Beatles shit. Yeah. The Beatles suck. Uh, and Travis might be one of them unless he's just, it's just also because. You can't tell what that fucking. He's also a contrarian. He is a total fucking contrarian. Yeah, yeah he's the same way I am. And he's going to argue ev- the opposite of everything just because it's funny. He wrote. You commented earlier on somebody, or somebody said something to him, and he was like, "No, you misspelled blank wrong." And it was just him being a complete dick. Yeah, and I was like, "I would write something like that." Yeah, so I, th- I mean, I think Travis. his sense of humor is strong, but with him pra- trying to proclaim that Smash Mouth is better than the Beatles, <laughs> and that Limp Biscuit is better than the Beatles. Fuck you. Both of those bands were inspired by the Beatles somewhere down the road. <laughs> Someone at least in <laughs> each band yeah, and then enjoys they, the Beatles. Then they they took some r- rusty metal and made it shiny steel. <laughs> well, they, they grew because you could tell that by the time that they were popular. Smash Mouth, right? That's who we're talking both, about. Both. They were. Well, Smash Mouth was still listening to old music because they eventually threw a monkey's cover in there. You know what I heard about Smash Mouth I recently? wasn't done talking, but okay. I did Okay, go ahead. I didn't want to get over Smash Mouth. Go ahead. You go. Go. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. That's going to help me remember <laughs> when you interject and then just don't stop talking and then my irritation grows and then I'm just focused on how fucking irritated I am with you. You're welcome. I don't remember what. Uh, but... Somebody once told him the world was going to roll him. That's what this was. <laughs> so the whole thing was that by the time they came out and had a career, that Fred Durst was no longer listening to the Beatles. He had moved on to the 80s and he was listening to Wham. Oh, you know he loved Wham. What do I thought when I what do you what do I think that you thought when I gave this to you? I thought that you'd think that it's pretty easy because you know that I'm not going to choose an early Beatles album. Sam, what was your judgment prior to listening to this? It it didn't hit me in any way like negative or positive. It wasn't an easy peasy. It wasn't I wasn't worried about it. I was interested. Let's put it that way. Do you know how many times you listened to this? In the last week. Breath? I'm going to say, hey, I can breathe through my nose. Uh, I'm going to say like four and a half. Okay. I honestly With, was probably like 10 or really, something. I was going to say in like r- random songs around you, 
We're getting played around me too a bunch. I did play the whole album. On the well. way back from uh, from food. dinner, yeah, yeah from yeah. Joe Willie's on my birthday. Yeah, Joe Willie's. All right, so Sam's least favorite song. My guess for this, even though I don't know if you even know what it is, but I'm going to say that your least favorite song is "Here Comes the Sun." Well, Michelle, ding, 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 ding. We got a winner. Here comes the sun. For sure. Too happy. Way too happy. And it is a George song, but I agree. I think it's it's abnormally happy in the sense that unless you're like in love or on drugs, you're not <laughs> that happy. Yeah. So there seems to be definitely something altering his excitement because nothing exciting is really happening. Is it yours too? Because you talked like it was your choice as well. That was why I chose it for you. Okay. But I also no. I'm just saying like oh. I agree. I'm oh. not saying that I it's my song, but because it's yours, I'm also just agreeing. Because like I said before, it is in my opinion a weak song on the album. Yeah, I just it it it, it checks everything that you would say Sam doesn't like. It was almost not the one that I chose, but I know that, yeah, it's definitely in the category, and there are a few songs on this album that definitely fall into that category of just being too kind of slow and just not in, and that's not even necessarily, it's not like a ballad, but it's still, it has nothing that's going to, (laughs) it just has nothing that's going to energize you. And, And it's, I don't hate it it does it wasn't miserable listening to it it wasn't like fuck and this and this which you know could happen on other things and it does because this was it's still like instruments so i can handle it mm-hmm. so i don't want to get the wrong impression that i absolutely detest the song but i could have done without it okay what do you think my least favorite song is i don't know it's hard for you no you, it's hard you, for you. you yes it's hard for me to come up with you uh because you can like happy songs. You don't have, like, a cutoff on things. You know what I'm saying? That's true. I'm all about I'm Incense and Peppermints s- and Jennifer. Yeah, Jennifer. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say Octopus's Garden, though. It's not. Even though that's also a song that I wouldn't consider a strong one for me, it's not as weak as some other songs. And I'm not coming into this saying I specifically have a song. Like, I don't even necessarily have a decision made right now, but I know that that's not it. <sighs> I almost think, and I might regret this, but I think I'm going to go with because. <laughs> okay, yeah, I. this was on my list too. There's almost no actual music. Yeah. It's real floaty. Yeah, nothing's really happening. The only reason the other one beat out for me is because this one at least sounds a little evil. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Like I like that, but I it's still just yeah meh. Meh. I just had to choose one, so that's my one. Um, Most favorite song? Yes. Not really sure for you. Really? Really not. But I'm gonna guess. With 
I really don't know, but I'm... Oh, yeah, I do. It's I Want You. She's so heavy. That's exactly what it okay. is. <laughs> I was going to say, it's either going to be really easy for you to pick it, or once you hear it, you're going to be like, oh, God damn it, of course. I will say that going into this, I never thought that this would be a song that you would like as much. Yeah, this song is a pretty fucking good song. It's it's definitely good to the time, but I also think it's, it's really moody, and it's also... Um, I mean, it's definitely moody, but I guess in the darkness, it's almost like doomy at yeah, times. Yeah. I was going to say that guitar riff before this came in where it's like, I can't do the riff now in my head yeah. because this is playing, but it's got like a real, yeah, this. Yeah, so for me, it definitely has like a doomness. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense that you'd be into it for that And uh, watching, watching that Unfreeze thing, it helped. So it was already going to be my choice, but watching that Unfreeze performance of it having really fucking solidified it. Plus, that was so clean added, and good. It was so clean. They added their own spice to it with like mm-hmm. solos and stuff, which yeah. helped. But sometimes cleaner recordings and watching people do it clears up the original recording like oh i would have never noticed that part mm-hmm. and now that i notice it it's in the old one and it's fucking awesome yeah yeah <laughs> like I the scream agree. i don't really notice the scream and then you said oh they did the scream i'm so happy mm-hmm. and i was like what scream so the next time i listened to it i was like oh that scream and it's not like really like a scream but it's it's kind of it like for them i'm it's it's super like raspy like they're doing belting they are doing vocal distortion yeah they're doing vocal distortion just like metal guys do Mm -hmm. they're just not taking it to the extreme that metal guys do and they leave the note in a lot of guys take the note out and just leave the distortion well and let's be honest uh that's something that a lot of people like about janice joplin oh yeah even though they don't oh yeah and i personally really like it about otis redding uh, the distortion in a voice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know me, I like distortion in everything. So. <laughs> yeah, but you don't like Janice Joplin. Uh, yeah, she gets on my nerves. Do you think that you might have a different appreciation? No, because I heard her sing the uh, last week and I was like, God oh. damn it, I'm still on the boat. <laughs> I, and you know what other irritates me is when people are like, I don't like screaming. Janice Joplin is my favorite. And I'm like, well, then you can't say you don't like screaming. Because yeah. there's parts where she's straight up like, ah! And you're like, yeah, that's what metal guys do. They just add a little bit more distortion. Yeah, it's definitely that because I love when like Otis Redding will do like that scream, screamy, raspy sound. I love when the Beatles do it and that comes out of Paul. That's like, yeah, I love that about Paul. He's got the belt. And then Helter Skelter and stuff like it pulls out some of those balls that a lot of people don't think that uh, the Beatles have. Where it all just sounds, you know, like, here comes the sun. Well, no, it does get fucking dark and weird sometimes. That's like the stereotypical Beatles sound is the... You never think of, like, the screaming section of the Beatles. It's not... I mean, I mean, some people do. There's a certain kind yeah. of people who bring up Helter Skelter and yeah. songs like that. His name's and, Charlie. <laughs> and it's people who usually say that they don't like early Beatles. It's usually yeah. people who are drawing a line and saying, I like the heavier stuff or the older yeah. stuff, the weirder, the more Definitely experimental me. stuff. Me. Did, me too. Did we do your favorite song? 
No, that's it's time for you to guess. <laughs> that is next. I couldn't remember. We're talking about your favorite song. Or not, just the, okay. This is hard. This is really hard for me, even because there are um, different things that I like about certain songs, but I like the songs very much. kind of want to go with uh, came in through the bathroom window. So that is that isn't a tie surprisingly. I would say not really a tie. I think it's going to come in second place. So it was a good guess. It was a very good guess. Um, I like I said this wouldn't have normally been my choice. This is a song I probably normally would have uh, passed over. But this song, you know how you can hear something so many times and then all of a sudden you're listening with different ears and then all the, you're just like, oh, like I always knew this song existed and I never thought much about it. But now like I really like it and I really appreciate it. Yep. Long, a bunch. long story short, something is a song that has grown on me so much. And this part is a big reason why it's fun to sing. It's a groovy song. And I love that. Ah! Like it also has it's just emotion. I'd say it's almost got every uh version of the Beatles in it too. It's got the soft it's got the uh more rock and roll big opus sound. Yeah, it is not a song I would have chosen maybe even a month ago. Huh, interesting. But it's a song that I am super excited about. But then at the same time, I love the songs in the medley. Like I didn't even choose a song in the medley. And the medley as a whole is my favorite part maybe but if i break everything down yeah i think something as a whole song is just a great fucking song um how old was i when i first started listening to this i was a young adult it took me i was still even in high school saying that i didn't like the beatles so it took it it took smoking weed and (laughs) eventually eating mushrooms and you know the things that they say you have to be doing drugs to like that. Yeah. Uh, drugs help me <laughs> eventually. And drugs also help just tear down a social wall of why are you being so like, why do you have to be like this? Just listen to it, man. <laughs> and I, I just, you just listen differently as yeah. you get older and as you change and as you, as oh, you have yeah. different experiences and things yeah. speak to you. And especially finally, you know, I was always very much into music, but I would say being with, a musician and someone who is very musically minded yes has it's just helped keep that love alive yeah or it dies I, for me <laughs> I, I, but i mean music is very important to you too so it's yeah. not like it's something that i just have to keep to myself yeah i think it's so weird uh, when people <laughs> are three d's on the end of that one. when people are into music i think that's so odd so yeah yeah, you keep my love. Not not that I would have lost music. Music is built in me. Both of my parents love it. My family on both sides love music. It's easy it's to be excited thing. about something when someone else is also excited about that thing. Well, yeah, and, and even if we're not listening to the same music, we can share it's our love and appreciation for things. The, the, what it does to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that's why on our 10-year anniversary, we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Or maybe it was 11, but either way. It was, uh, I think it may have been 11. I think it was two years ago. 
But yeah, that's. I what, remember my favorite part about that last time because I went there like twice before I went with you. But okay. Like, last time when I went was with you, and they finally finished everything that they were working on the first two times I went there. And my favorite part was the old radio broadcast room. Oh, I remember that so the most, nice. and it had like the old, super the old, old ribbon studio. microphones yeah, and the old, they old had console. The, uh, the actual studio set up, and you could tell that people had to be thin to be able to squeeze from where they actually like recorded it to like where the booth was because it wasn't completely cut off, but it got very narrow, like the wall <laughs> narrowed to just like slip in and out. Or that's just has to do with just a little the construction of there. Uh, but it was just really cool to see a really, really old, old, extremely old, old microphone that you know would sound fucking terrible. Maybe not. I'm saying now compared to what we have, because that's why they remaster things over time, because things just didn't sound as great. Yes and no. People <laughs> would kill to use that microphone in a studio right now. <laughs> They're ribbon ribbon microphones are so fucking expensive and they're so delicate you can literally like if you hold it and walk and like swing your arm too fast you can break the ribbon in the microphone and that's like thousands of dollars to fix so you have to like put it in a case to move it it's fucking crazy all right the next question is i'm not trying to cut you off i'm just trying to i feel like this is a long episode it's not we're only an hour and 40 that's a long episode. How did I originally feel about this? I uh, immediately enjoyed this album as a whole. Boom. I don't always listen to full albums. This was an album that I embraced as a whole. Would I recommend it today? Absolutely. This is one of those ones where you, you don't even have to like put a... Like a... What's the word I'm looking for? Like a, like rules to it were like, well, if you were a 13-year-old yeah. girl, then yes. Like This is just, yep, I mean, whoever you are, pick it up. You're either going <laughs> to say that you're not into it or you are, but chances are, if you're a Beatles fan, you probably enjoy this album. Oh, so yeah, If you're a Beatles fan, you're already deep into this bitch. I would, unless you're someone who prefers the early stuff to the old stuff. I'm sure there are older people who do. They're all dead. Well, so I would recommend this. Sam, would you ever listen to this again? Not on my own, no. Okay, that makes sense. Do it doesn't doesn't tickle that much. That makes sense. Okay. Oh, it upped my opinion of the Beatles, but still not. Sam's not like a. I'm a fan of the Beatles. Yeah. All right. So what's next? Oh, what's next? You have is the Christmas our Christmas episode. But we're not doing. I mean, we were gonna do something. I will say. Oh, you're gonna give a little peek behind I'll the curtain. Give a little peek that. So we did all of those episodes every day for Halloween, and I was like, we should do like the twelve days of Criticsmas or Criticismas, and uh, it, something fun and kitschy with Christmas and critics. But because we already just did it. It's the exact same idea, but more episodes. Yeah. So I was like, eh, this just doesn't isn't going to work. F- fuck that. <laughs> I mean, either come up with something else or just have a regular episode. Yep. Instead of just doing the same thing over and over again. So yep. I uh, I decided to scrap that idea. So Sam, what's next? Well, what's next is... What's our Christmas week? <laughs> uh, I found out it was Christmas week right before we did this episode. This is not Christmas involved at all. 
except that it is a movie that I did buy my mother for Christmas. So it technically has a Your mom line likes this. to Christmas. Okay. A link to Christmas, at least for me. It is 1993's Falling Down. Oh. We're fucking watching Falling Down. We're watching Falling Down for Christmas. <laughs> yes, I haven't seen it in a while. I've I never seen it. recently. You've never seen it. My dad owned it <laughs> and enjoyed it, but I've never seen it. <laughs> yes. And it fits right into our 1994 uh, area wheelhouse with being in 1993. And how most people feel right now in 2020, I assume. Uh, yeah, Rage. and that's, I'm excited to see like how much racial insensitivity is in this and uh, things like that. All right. Do you know how we're going to watch this? Have you looked I'll into it at all? It oh, you haven't even looked into it to nope. see if it's available. I might okay. just be like, hey, mom, do you still have that DVD? I got to come pick it up. Well, that or we could just rent it. Yeah. We don't want to give her COVID. She'll put the DVD out on the porch. Then you'll... I'll put my DVD <laughs> in her DVD player. <laughs> All right, this is stupid. Okay, so thank you very much for listening. Yeah. We appreciate it. We will be back next week. I'm going to play a little something out for us. Hey, uh, remember when uh, you were in the, the Beatles and... Uh, you did that um, album, Abbey Road, and uh, at the very end of the song, uh, it was, the song goes, uh, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. You, you remember that? <laughs> yes. Uh, is that true? Yes, Chris. In, in my experience, it is, I find the more you give, the more you get. <sighs> All right, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.